It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Made it. Just in time. I think the car's gonna catch fire. Oh. My. God. What? I'm trying to get this door locked. Look what he did to my home. In a second. What kind of lock is this? Hell, I'm just gonna jerry a latch. He really was here. Who? Gray. Just like my dad said, he came inside. Gray? Yeah. My dad was alive when I first talked to him. He said Gray paid them a visit. After he turned. He managed to get in, sit down here. Oh, look at all the blood. He sat down right here. Mom tried to patch him up and- He was already gone. Your sister, your mom. Dead. He got mom in the neck, bit dad No, outside. Your sister, your mom. Mommy? (laughs) Mommy? Okay, munchers. Time to chew on some buckshot. Ronnie, that thing is much more useful when pointed at bad things. The head? Snap out of it or you'll end up like the rest of your family. So what? Look at her. She's gone. She's right... right there. I, 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 I can't shoot her. What the hell? You shot your dad right in the head at point-blank range. You know it isn't... Ah, oh, hell. Hicks, no! Shoot them! No! Come on, they're gonna get inside. You want it so bad? Come on up here. Put your filthy mouth in this. Goodbye! I gotta reload, Ronnie. What are you doing? Stop! Put the gun down. Business end out! They're all gone. All gone. I'm not gonna come back like that. Not like Dad. Not like Gray. I'm not gonna go around eating my friends. We're done. We will be if you don't cover me while I reload. Come on, girl. Don't do this. You do and you'll just be another smear on that wall. You think your dad wanted that? You think your mom wanted that? Priorities, girl. You are not allowed the easy way out. No. Point that thing somewhere useful. Or shoot me first if you're too weak to keep on. I can't shoot you. I can't shoot you. Then stop whining and get back in this. Hell. Get back. That buys us a few seconds. He blocked the window, but they're pulling him out. They're coming in the back window of my bedroom. That's it. No other way out. This was a bad idea, Hicks. I'm so sorry. It was an idea. It made sense. Think, Ron. Focus. We need a plan. We need a miracle. You keep those under the sink? Come on, kiddo. You brought us here for a reason. I just wanted to go home, Hicks. I didn't have any master plan. I'm not the genius you think I am. Yes, you are. And you're going to genius our way out of this. They're inside! Damn it. Fire extinguisher. What? Under the sink. Get the fire extinguisher. I'll block the door with a chair. Hello, there are these army to peoples. You guys see my friends around this. They was coming here to kill you, we'll be dead. Oh, hello. 
Hey, Dogberry, over here. We're in the trailer. Hey, Dogberry. Hello. I know you watch what I got. Me to be seen. I'm just gonna circle here. We slow like that's it. Come on over. Where did he get that sweet ride? What's that on the hood? Mm, that would be Gray's head. Gross. Okay, he's taste. What's he doing? Is that a cannon? He's gonna shoot at us, duck! What is he shooting? Is that a t-shirt cannon? Meat. He's got a freaking meat cannon. With hamburger from Augie's Market. That crafty little troll. You're leaving us alone, for the most part. I see what he's doing. He's circling. He's throwing the meat. To one side. They're all going that way. We'll just wait until he circles back around and then... Get Stop. Wait. Extinguisher. Here. How'd that happen? I think the chemical froze the brain. It might just be temporary, but they're blocking that door for now. Great. What's it look like out there? He's heading toward the swings again. We gotta go now. I should take... Now! Come on! singing from the Todd Rundgren songbook earlier today. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, trying to transmit it to shut off after a certain number of hours, but, uh, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, hello, Fel. Hello, Felchkin. I, I, I fed you already. You can go away now. Yeah. For those of you paying attention, the war between Felchkin and the rats is continuing on. Made her a little battle helmet and a lance you could strap to her back, but she doesn't want none of it. She kind of prefers the old-school method of uh, stalking and pouncing. Well, last night, I was treated to a performance of the opening dance number from West Side Story with Felchkin as Riff and a fat 10-inch-long Ratosaurus in the role of Bernardo. The only thing was missing was the finger snapping. Anyway, I got me some news from the emergency broadcast bands, and the government... I don't know which government, but it's whichever one is in charge of the emergency broadcast bands these days... The government's announcing a last-ditch effort to move people north to Canada. Now, not Alaska, which is part of the Western Confederation or some other such nonsense, but I've been advised that every military and commercial airliner still skyworthy will be moving bodies to bases above the Arctic Circle. All you got to do is get yourself to the nearest site. Where, you ask? Well, strangely enough, the closest one to us is Harrisburg. About three hours' drive from here on a good day... 
And by good day, I mean when the interstates ain't clogged with wrecks and the countryside ain't clogged with mutant cannibals. Two weeks from today... Well, I don't have a calendar, but in about two weeks, anyway, there's going to be airlifts out of the Air National Guard base in Harrisburg. First come, first serve, and the serious sounding man on the radio says that shenanigans will not be tolerated. That's right, he actually used the word shenanigans. Show up, shut up, and wait for your turn. Otherwise, take two rounds and call it a life. So it's time that we once again unlock the mysteries of Todd Rage's lunch. Today I got me a big brown plastic sack from FEMA, and I'm about to open it. What's it going to be today, I wonder? Dehydrated lasagna? Cubes old turkey? Chicken-esque fillets? Ooh, it's rice. At least I think it's rice. And I also got what looks like a cat food can filled with... Is that barbecued chicken? Let's see. Hmm. Actually tastes like General Tso's. Not bad, neither. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goes great with vodka. Anyhow, if you'd like to get your hands on some of these tasty packs, I got me some good news for you. Coming up after the break, I'm going to tell you where to find small caches of these packs all across the valley. Stay tuned. Uh, hey, Felchkin, no, no. Your tummy ain't going to like this. Go find yourself another Ratosaurus or something. So, is it true he's just cracked? Oh, he's loads of fun, Krantz. He puts up a fight every time I go in there. Yeah, but does he start the fights, Jeb? What are you saying, Krantz? My job is to check on him every day, keep him watered, give him a little sunlight, and make sure he never forgets why he's here. It's rank in there. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I keep forgetting to bring him that chemical toilet. It's all the way on the other side of the building. Oh well, maybe next time. Wake up, family man. Time for calisthenics. He's just laying there. Doesn't he even have a bed? Why? He's got a huge pile of blankets. Here, take these trays out of here. Sure. Thanks. He doesn't look like a real tough customer. Oh, I know. He's just waking up. Come on, man. It's morning in America. Let's go. Dude, it's like late afternoon. Shut up. I do this like twice a day. He's so stoned, he don't know how long he's been here. Dude, that's... Let me alone, man. I give up. I'm done. Oh, no. It's another wonderful day in Shitsville. Population, you. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a real animal. Leave me alone. Shut the fuck up. Jesus. Not in here. You can't let him forget he got one of our boys killed. Stop. My ribs. Oh, man. Harris is right, man. We should have let him go. Why? Don't you remember what he did to Keith? He, um... It wasn't this guy who... I really liked Keith. You know why? You liked Keith? You hated his jokes. But he took all my night shifts. He didn't care that I was a grump. But, dude, he's just... I mean, look at him. I am. Looking at him. Every day. And I roll him over, 
and I feed him. Don't I, boy? Who feeds the little man in the box? I do, don't I? My God, man. Okay. Okay, I'm just gonna... What? Come on. Come play with the puppy. <laughs> I'm out, man. Enjoy your play date. I can sit here tied up all day. If I get to keep my eyes on this tough broad, I may even enjoy it. Ugh. I like how you flex your arms and you're mad. Keep it up, girly. We've got hours before the sweet Googies soon will be here. So, we ask a serious question. You get us one of the lewd comments and Shel Silverstein. I'm sorry, what? The Googies. Are you playing with us, Mr. Ying? Not at all. Curious strategy bringing your sniper out of hiding and into a nest of shooters. You realize that their lives, not just their livelihoods, depend on this site continuing to operate. Heck, we might even inspire a few of the addicts and drunks to roll out of bed and take up a pitchfork against you. Well, we like to think outside the box, as they say. Well, that's just super. I think he's drunk. Did you notice the bar in the corner there? Bringing your drink to work is a sure sign of alcohol abuse, or so I'm told. But it worked for Don Draper, and he got all kinds of tail, man. Who? Don Draper. Mad Men? Awesome show. About a time when everybody knew their place and there was a clear pecking order that put the white man on top of a... I think you might have missed the point of the show. The artery I'm clamping down on will put you out in ten more seconds. Hurts, too. Doesn't it? Yeah. Play nice, and I won't go full sleep on you. Jeez, lady. Do I gotta pay extra for that kind of treatment? Oh, and every time I do that, there's a 40% chance an embolism will develop and you'll stroke out. So be careful how you talk to a lady. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. So why aren't the troops making threats or making sure that you're okay? Maybe they don't need to. Maybe they can hear us loud and clear. Knowing the generals, they've got this room bugged. Knowing the Googies, they just want to see what happens next. There's that word again. What is that? It's from a poem. I guess they come for the children your little tyke farm raises. Yep. So maybe the reason we're not under siege is because they're protecting their cash crop. They don't know how many men we still have out there. Well, the longer we go without shots fired, the more it becomes obvious you were the only one out there, sweet cheeks. Oh, please hit me. I'm tied to a chair. Please. After shooting him twice and getting roughed up by you, I'll have had the best day of my post-apocalyptic life. Cretan. Ooh, I love that expression. Some ruby red lipstick in that pout would be so... Nice one. He didn't know anything worth listening to. He's a doc supervisor. Nothing more. On me radio. Thanks. <coughs> Hello out there. Is there anyone out there who doesn't speak crazy? Hey there, boss. How's the leg? 
Oh, Mr. Grant. Not so bad once I poured about a gallon of moonshine over it and carved the lead out of my fleshy bits. How do you? I look and feel like an old chew toy. Good to know you're still kicking, sir. What's your situation, then? I'm here with a psychotic ex-Betsnav operative. I think she and Sarge should compare notes. What Sarge is with a rifle, this chick is with cutlery. And hairpins. What happened to the young lady that I saw you with last night? That is the young lady you saw me with last night. Oh, hang on. Sorry. This place is crawling with eaters. We ran into an eater last night, and apparently it slipped in through a gap in the fence. The north side of the camp is lousy with the things right now. Which is why we're off their radar. Hello, gentlemen. This is Dr. Shiva Vesta. I'm enjoying your little chat, but perhaps I can interest you in an ongoing issue I'm having here in the NATO unit. Uh-oh. Now you've done it. Ah. Uh, now things get saucy. Hello there, Dr. Shiva Vesta. What can we do for you? Starters, there are 15 people in this unit, nine are pregnant. We are peanuts in a tin cup if those things swarm the place. I've got 15 civilians. Now listen here, I invoke the United Nations Humanitarian Directive and demand immediate relief from any and all peacekeeping forces in the vicinity. Well, that certainly puts a fresh spin on things. Your request has been received and is under consideration, Dr. Vesta. I will forward it to what's left of the Security Council for a usual six months of diplomatic back and forth, and then send you a 15-page press release obfuscating our position on the matter. Please provide us with a mailing address. No P.O. boxes, please. I cannot possibly measure my dislike for you without advanced computers, Group Captain. Women and children, born and unborn, will die without your immediate assistance. Sorry to break it to you, sister, but there's only four of us here right now. One is shot through both legs. And out this dirty window, I'm seeing a lot more than that crossing the farm toward us. The fire is funneling in towards the big house. You've got about 50 headed your way. Dr. Vesta, where are you lot hiding? Uh, about 50 yards from where you're standing, south-southwest. Uh, there's nothing out there but tall... Wait. There's a storm door. They're underground. Understood, Doctor. Hang about. We'll see what we can do. How many men do you have left? <laughs> what do I look like? The Borg Queen? I'm not tapped into the collective. Far as I know, Sally Sharpshot there took out my advance party. And who knows how many your guys, Psycho Joe and the Eaters, took out. My guess is that most of what's left is hauling ours. Seems we've earned a few allies out here, boss. I've got three men holed up with me and Joe. We're picking them off from our position as best we can. But this fire is going to spread and we're going to have to vamoose. The fire is keeping them back. Just FYI. Understood. Okay, well. Change of plans then. Joe tells me the core of this operation is underground. Behind the farmhouse. Why did I hire that girl again? Oh yeah, six-pack abs and a bulletproof arse. Pig. 
Jealous. Shut it, both of ya. We got that bit, Grant. Sorry, I missed some of that. We're up to our nuts and casings trying to make life easier for you. Okay, well, we got fire, eaters. Hey, I got an idea. We're running. No. Grab me a bottle of whatever's in the bar. Take one for yourself. Hey, me too. Shut up and just sit there. Let's see, where is the stuff you took off me? Ah, ah, here we go. My radio. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the happiest valley on earth, would you blokes be so kind as to come out the trees and blow us up some nice undead peoples? Please confirm. Orders confirmed, General McGinnis. Glad to hear you're still among the living. Glad to hear you're all still there. Countersign. Get us the fucking fuck out of here. Countersign confirmed. We're on the move. You all sat up there and let our place burn? How many did you have all this time? A lot. But they all had a good night's sleep in the trees. Me, not so much. So, I'm a little cranky. <laughs> Lady, you just suck. Approach from the south and north. The fire's getting a little wacky. The eaters have been corralled down the center of the farmyard. There's a lot of low fencing. Make sure that all gets translated around, Sergeant Wake. Understood. We've been casing the place all morning. We'll be hooking up with Major Grant and company shortly. Engaging enemy, out. Hello out there. Did you forget about us? Sarge, what kind of log do they have on that hatch? Hmm, can't really tell. It's metal. It's an old bomb shelter. It's been updated with an airlock, so it's pretty tight. The problem is that, being airtight, it requires power to recirculate the air. From the sound of Sheba's voice, I'm guessing maintenance didn't get around to fixing that yet, so if we go dark... They all suffocate. Nice. Oh yeah, McKinnis. Thanks for a lovely evening. Okay, boss. We just saw new targets approaching from the south behind the farmhouse. There's a dozen of them, but they're busy chewing on what's left of Howland Duke from last night. Better get the back half buttoned down. The windows are bulletproof. The doors are sturdy. There's no way they're getting in here. I hope you're right. Just moved that crap around back there. Sorry about the cooling stuff. Didn't have anything else to bring the meat. Man, I'm glad to see you. Sweet ride. Thank you, Mr. Higgs. It was cherry till I had to run over some eaters on the way. Why is Gray's head mounted to your hood? An excellent question, Miss Ronnie. I wanted to take him for a ride. Revisiting the scene of the crime? What's that, Miss Ronnie? Look out! Woo, doggy doo doo, making in my pants time. Hang on. Uh oh, no. We lost Gray's head. Oh well. Get us back up the mountain, Dogberry. No, wait. Dogberry? 
I want his head. Huh? Who's it? I want his head. Circle back. The ears aren't that far back. And he rolled off into the grass. You want to go on an Easter egg hunt? Crazy. Dogberry, do it. I think it went off right up there. I think I see it. Yeah, over there. What's left of it? Get me in there. Oh, guys, he ain't alone. It's not far. Slow down. Okay. Wait, we'll go with... You. Okay, then. That was a big crap in my pants. Put him in the cooler. Careful, he might be still alive. Oh, I hope so. Ew. Hello, Gray. Hello, once above. Jeebus, that creeps me out. How's your daddy? He was just like you. <laughs> And you are still here. Did he nibble on you at least? No such luck. Dogberry, make a right up there and take us up to Cedar Road. Why? There's nothing up there but- Just do it. Sexy crazy she is, and I likes it. Oh, you put me in a tub of blood. I love the smell of raw meat. Love it. That's how I knew the meat would be a decoy. I was moving the meat into the cave, fought monkeys, and Grace started getting weird. He was snapping and snarling. I'm happy right here. Then, I rubbed the meat all over my smooth, naked chest and held it out. Oh, he went crazy nuts. You didn't have to tell them that part, freak. Just like I don't have to tell them you tried to use my right eye socket as a vagina. Lies! Awful lies! Keep it on the road! Eyes front! Hand at ten o'clock and two! He told me he had a surprise waiting for you at your house, Miss Ronnie, so I thought I'd head up and help out. Thank you. Your timing was perfect. But where'd you get the t-shirt cannon? Honestly, drunk bidding on the eBay, I got the whole collection of Super Bowl spoons and an autographed picture of Ruth Buzzy's Petrovic. Where are you going, Ronnie? Take me up to the park near the dock. Do you like your surprise? You are a horrible thing. Your family was so stupid. They just let me in. No questions. Brought me in, sat me down, and Dad was pouring me a soda when your mom figured out, duh, I'm not quite ready. After that, it's like Thanksgiving dinner. I'll check the perimeter. You do that. Come on, dog. Bring your meat gun. All I got left is a couple of pork chops in my pants. So we best not stick around too long. You know, Gray, I won't tell Hicks, but I lied about my dad. He wasn't like you. Uh oh. He was just dumb and fat and creaky like all the other owners. No. 
He tried to fight it. He couldn't in the end, and that's why I shot him. But he climbed up onto the water tower. He was writing something, or trying to, in his own blood. Was it? No, no, no. No. Stay away. He fought it. He almost beat it, but he was so hungry like you. So I shot him in the forehead. I shot my own father in the forehead. I watched my mother and sister claw at me to get me. Nothing but hunger and fury in their faces. I saw your bite marks. I saw what you did to them. Yes. I even put my pistol into my own mouth because you took everyone I love away from me. If Hicks hadn't talked since and Dogberry hadn't come to the rescue, I'd probably be just like you right now. So what now? Even just a head, I'm more of a man than Hicks. So how about a kiss? You didn't even try. You didn't even want to fight it. Hey, easy there. Wait, oh, that good. I can take the blind. Ugh. Oh, stop it. All these years, I just kind of accepted them being there. Even after losing my real dad, then the house. I always had them. They were doing okay. I might have seen them again. A few days earlier, I might have been able to save them. I was so busy. I listened to Hicks and went with him, and you knew. Oh, I didn't know. I just had a few hours to kill. Pardon me, but where are we? Cedar Pond. You remember when we were little, we'd all come up here and swim? It's much too cold now. Wow, that's frigid. I like it here. I met Hicks here. I don't know why he ever liked you. You're so different. That's not why you brought me here, Bubbles. Why did I bring you here, then? You came here to share your secret love for my big, broken, head. Nope. I'm setting you free. I figured I could just roll over your head with the car and be done, but I deserve something special. Hang on, where's that train valve? Ah, here it is. Oh, wow, that's cold. Things that come my head want to know what's what. Frankly, so do I. They want to know what's what? Tell them I said hello. I'm going to shove you out in your little plastic boat, and you all can be together forever. Or until the water strips you down to the bone. Here, let's make sure this works. There. Now you won't float out in the cooler. Goodbye, Gray. Hold on, Ronnie. Wait. Don't let me out here by myself. I can't swim. That's kind of the point, genius. I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! I'll kill every last one of you! I will, I swear it! What are you doing? Setting him free. On the SS me cooler. He's drifting in the center of the pond. Uh-huh. It's dancing. Yep. That I didn't expect from you. Nope. How deep is the pond? I don't know. 20 feet where he is. You know that won't kill him. Not right away, at least. Didn't plan on it. I believe in heaven, but I don't buy into a hell. Some place where God lets you suffer forever and ever. But, I take a small bit of comfort knowing that Grey Anders will enjoy a long, dark, cold, lonely winter before his spirit returns to God. I thought I asked you to take care of him, Dogberry. 
I did. I took very good care of him till he flew off the hood of my car. He did fine, Hicks. If he hadn't kept him around, he never would have known we were walking into a trap. We would be dead. Everything happens for a reason, and I gotta make sure he never hurts anyone ever again. What is it, Dogberry? You look like you have to pee. I did good. You want me to rub your head, don't you? It's very smooth. Tick free, too. Come here, you freaky troll. Goody, goody. Oh, that's nice. That's so very nice. Hey, easy there. No noogies. No noogies. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Maybe we could put up a shower curtain across here and give him and Henda some privacy. I tried. All the shower curtains are being held back because they're working on this big water collection system. They're using regular curtains over in that tent city they built for the new folks in the showcase aisle. How's a Bean doing? Zeke's played out. He found some new friends and they played for hours on the little playground they built near the showcase house. He's keeping busy. He keeps asking about Christmas and where we're going for New Year's. He's so used to traveling in new places that this isn't really upsetting him too much. After a while, though... Yeah. We'll just keep an eye on him. What about... Hmm? Let me get that. Oh. Okay. I wish you'd show that kind of enthusiasm about the other jobs around here. Oh. Krantz. What is it this time? Did I cough at the wrong time during the huddle this... Dude. You okay? Can I come in? Yeah. Come on in. You know Ellen. Ma'am? Hey, Krantz. That Zeke over there sawing logs? Uh-huh. What's going on? Oh, I just came by to say hello and thank you for switching shifts with me last night. Jeb pulled me upstairs to go through the security office stuff. Whew. Gave me a tour of the whole suite. Yeah. No problem. You okay? You want something to drink? You know... My dad used to tell me the measure of a man's importance and integrity was the number of keys he carried with him. Oh? He was just a night janitor at a high school, but he had a point. People have to trust you to give you access to places others can't go, but sometimes you just know you don't want to go there. Some doors shouldn't be opened, you know? <sighs> no, not really, Krantz. I asked Jack to take me off constable duty. There's a need for guys who can install and fix plumbing. As much as I like hanging out on the roof drinking beer and watching the corpses wander, I think I could be more useful helping those guys. I just wanted you to know that I'm real sorry you got the business end of the snake on the whole Keith thing. Yeah, well... Just watch your back, okay? I don't want to hear you've been thrown out the fire door one of these days. Huh. Yeah. Well, speaking of which... I'm supposed to tell you from Jack that you need to take my place tonight in court. The mayor is going to be carrying out the sentence of exile on that guy we caught stealing from folks. 
They're putting them out today. Right after the dinner bell, so everyone else is busy in the chow hall. Oh. Okay. Security suite. Be there before the dinner bell. And watch your own back, Harris. Some doors just shouldn't be opened. Well, thanks for stopping by, Krantz. Good luck with plumbing and all. I hear there's a really awesome aqueduct project going on. <laughs> yeah, I heard. Collecting runoff from the rain and snow that's mixed with the ashes of everyone who didn't make it. Well, I'm sure there'll be one hell of a filtration system on it. Take care, guys. Yeah, you too. Because I cannot think of another way to end this weird conversation. I didn't know Krantz all that well, but he didn't strike me as emo McMood swing. <laughs> no, but with everything going on, when's the dinner bill? Half an hour, I'm thinking. Guess I better find a uniform. What are we gonna do with Zeke? You're working the tray line. I'll shout over to Regina. He likes her. If not, then I'll take him with and give him some comic books to read. Great. Okay. What did he mean by watch your back, hun? You think Jack and Jeb still hold a grudge? Of course I do. Some people hold on to power. Those guys can't help but try and strangle it. <laughs> but don't worry. We dealt with worse. Stitches. Those boys out there are going to get swarmed. Look, coming up from the south. I see the mob. Those men can't cut through the smoke bank. You men, cover is over here. Get over here. Brandt, lay down some covering fire. Looks like they brought their own cover fire. Excellent. It's okay. He's here to help. We've received reinforcements from outside the camp. Shoot to clear out as much of the courtyard as possible. Take careful shots. Head only. Joe and I will cover strays and ones heading our way. Do you trust these guys? No. That's reassuring. I trust them more than the things out there, darling. Where are our boys? Sergeant Wake, this is Grant. Status? Agent, have our forces working through targets on the north side. We can't send them further until indirect fire clears the compound. Does your sergeant know that we are in the compound as well? Understood. I've got four men here with us on the east side. We're taking out what we can, but when you have a moment, we could use some help. Understood, sir. So could we. 
Damn, Joe. Downfield 11 o'clock. Where the hell did those things come from? The heaters, they must have gotten into the barracks. That's where the support staff sleeps. They're burned, the poor bastards. Wake, you've got about 50 fresh hostiles coming up from the stable house behind the barn. Take out the propane tanks. The propane tanks? Where? Shoot through the second window back along the chicken coop vault. Try to hit the window dead center. Trust me. I like the way you think. Nice shooting, Mr. Grant. Wake! Those new hostiles are toasted. Looks like anything on your side of the barn and coop is off its feet. We can easily pick off what's left on this end. Gentlemen, would you like to take this fight to the monsters? Hmm, cowards. Guess not. McKinnis, Grant. Grant, the boss is unavailable. Get up here. Now, sir. On our way. Grant out. They're all over the farmhouse. There must be hundreds. There is no way we can get inside. How you feeling? Fine, Mr. Fisher. How are you? Well enough, I guess. I... I had something I wanted to run by you. If you can run it by me while I'm washing these vegetables, by all means. Right. Well, you heard what Todd Rage said on the radio today, right? Well, I have to admit I tune half of what he says out. I listen for the HG World updates, but there haven't been any since the lockdown. What did I miss? There are flights out of here. The government is taking people north to camps in Canada to wait out the winter. They say millions of people are headed to Siberia and Canada to ride this out. They're building these camps over the Arctic Circle, you know? That's great news. But what's the issue? The issue is that the closest flight leaves the airport in Harrisburg. There's nothing near Erie, or Pittsburgh, or Buffalo. Harrisburg is what, 200 miles from here? The next closest is Richmond, Virginia. The problem is, frankly, the Reverend. Oh, right. His whole come up with a plan thing. Well, it makes sense. If you have a plan, this sounds like a place to go. Do you think you could get all 50 of us there? And on a plane? I think it's possible. But it's the last shot we got, Mrs. Garrison. And given you have the Reverend's ear, it sure would help if you could see our side in this. Who's our side? Oh, Mrs. Green, 
that auggy guy from the market, and a few others. We can't stay up here. We gotta be with other people. How are we getting there? If we use all the cars and trucks on the property, that's only about 15 people. Some of these people are old or sick. Or old and sick. Traveling will be dangerous with them. Well, frankly, that's why we're not going to ask everyone. Only those who can carry their weight. I don't know, Mr. Fisher. We don't know anything about the conditions out there. Where to find fuel. And what about those Happy Valley militia types? They are a perfect reason to get out of here. Do you think we could defend ourselves against them? They killed a hundred people at HG World. They're responsible for getting your boy killed and separating you from your husband. Are you going to wait until they come for Aaron, too? Mr. Fisher, that is a horrible thing to say. And you are not going to convince me your plan won't kill all of these people by reminding me of what they did to my son. I'm sorry, Mrs. Garrison. Seriously, I, I just know in my soul. I know that staying here is not safe. Case in point, where do you think Thomas got off to? There's no telling. Could be that he'll tell people where we are. Could be that he'll fall into that militia and come back for us because of what happened out in that barn. You're looking for drama where there's none. Do you miss your reality shows that much? I have no idea, but I do know you had an awful lot of blood on your hands last night. You were standing right there and you weren't bleeding that much. You had a few scrapes, but- What are you implying? Spit it out because I'm getting a little tired of your hard sell bully tactics. I'm thinking that he didn't really leave. Or if he did, he didn't get far. Now, before you get all wound up, Mrs. Garrison, I don't care so much because I saw you last night. You don't get those kind of marks falling down a hill, and I've never taken a fall that knocked my underwear out of my pants. That's it. That's enough. But whatever you did makes you dangerous to the rest of us. What are you talking about? What you're capable of. I mean, it stands to reason that Thomas might actually be out there still. Hurt and cold. Maybe he's just outside the fences or at the bottom of the hill where he landed. I don't know. We might want to take a few people out there to look for him. You know, in case he's still out there somewhere. Oh, there you are, Mr. Fisher. Uh, Mrs. Garrison. Mrs. Green. Excellent timing. I was just telling Mrs. Garrison about the wonderful opportunity we have to get out of here. Oh, yes. Mr. Fisher was saying how wonderful it would be to be free of those things at the fences and not have to do these chores day after day. What do you think, Mrs. Garrison? Are you prepared to take young Erin and join us on our flight to freedom? Yes, Mrs. Garrison. What do you think? Just stand here and wait. We'll be with you in a moment. I don't get it. Just take me to the door, open it, and I'll be on the way. Shut up! You don't want to get sent out into the wild with a gimpy leg, do ya? Look, I get it. I was a bad boy. I- Ow! You wanna act like a bitch? You get a bitch slap. Don't make me show you what I do to the people who act like assholes. Hello. Come on up. The mayor is waiting. Smell that. Fresh air. Oh, man. I gotta admit, that's nice. Chilly, but nice. I thought the roof was off limits. Only to people like you, Harris. You must be Caleb Barton. 
My name is Jack, the operations manager for this facility. Yeah? Well, that's great. You got the stuff back. Everybody's happy. Can I go now? In a moment. The mayor wants to have a word. The mayor? Wow. You people are fucking nuts. Where did that fence come from? Who put that up? Well, I guess nothing happens here without you knowing about it, huh? Tall, slat oak fencing embedded in concrete? What are you keeping up here, King Kong? You've all been busy, beavers. Shut your beaver, Harris. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello, Mr. Mayor. This is the prisoner, Caleb Barton. He was convicted by a council of citizens of theft. 22 counts. His sentence is exile. I see. Mr. Barton, I was disturbed when I heard the charges against you, and I reached out to see if our friends and management got it wrong. Nope. Got in here, was missing some deodorant, my shoes were tore up. So you just took them? Heck, I gave it back and said I was sorry. People I took the stuff from were cool with me, so, you know. So, you know. I am disappointed by your lack of contrition. Look, I'm here. I'm volunteering to leave. Look at me. I'm sorry I was hungry, and I'm sorry I was acting like an animal. I didn't rough anyone up. I didn't rob anybody at knife point. I wasn't myself, and I said so. I see. And are you looking forward to life on the outside? Not particularly, no. But it's pretty clear from the look on your face, Mayor, that I'm not wanted here. So, if it's all the same to you, I'll take my chances with the Eaters. Maybe hook up with a militia. Find a caravan north. I'll let people know you're here. Send them your way with supplies and maybe a lift out, huh? Would that be contritious enough? How disappointing. I don't get it. You are not of the body. It means we're all disappointed that you no longer want to be part of the family. We were hoping you would ask for a stay of exile to remain with us, but alas, you are just not part of the family anymore. Please take this. A backpack? Wow, that's downright humane of you. It's got a day's worth of rations and water. After that... Yeah, yeah, I'm on my own. Story of my life, chump. It's heavy. Just one day? Step over here, if you would, please, Caleb. I want to show you what my friends have constructed. Hey, I don't want to take up too much of your time. How about you just show me the ladder and you go back to speeching and baby kissing whatever it is. But this is your exit, Caleb. Look over there. From that crane, we've suspended a strong nylon rope over the edge of the roof. A wonderful design, I must say. Expertly executed. Wait a minute. I gotta say I'm not too keen on the look of that loop you got going on the end there. It's the raised platform that really sets it off, don't it? What the... Harris, what's the matter, Caleb? You ain't hanging me. No way. No way. The sentence was exile, as in letting me out of here. Indeed, we are letting you out of here, Caleb. I... Oh. (laughs) The hell are you laughing at, old man? Watch your tone with the mayor. (laughs) No, no, it's all right, Jack. You thought... You think we were going to hang you by that rope? (laughs) Of course not. Oh, dear boy. I'm so sorry you thought that. (laughs) 
Oh. Good. So, what? We're going to ask you to be our test subject for this contraption. It's our hope that we'll be able to literally reach out and bring people into our facility as they find us. Perhaps lower supplies, that sort of thing. I'll ask you to slip a foot in the loop, hold on tight to the rope, and Jebediah there will crank you out from the edge and then lower you to the ground. Simple as that. Okay. Just with the ceremony and the stern looks, I thought you were going back on the deal. Oh, there was no deal, Mr. Barton. It was a sentence. Right. Put my foot through there, and whoa, we're high up here. About 45 feet, I'm guessing. Hold still while Jeb swings you out. Go ahead, Jeb. Wait, whoa! Sorry, man. I <laughs> thought you had a good grip there. I do now, thanks. Wow. This is high. Do you see any eaters about? Not so far as I can see. Hmm. Well, Caleb, it has been good chatting with you. Good luck to you out there. Go with God, my boy. Jebediah? Go with Throttle Up. Hey! Step back. Holy shit! Are you okay? Oh. Uh. Ow. Oh. What the hell happened? He fell. You let him go! Caleb, my boy, can you hear me? You're moving. You don't look well. Can't move my legs. Your machine uh, needs work, morons. No, the machine worked perfectly, Caleb. I said we would lower you to the ground. I admit I never told you how fast that would happen. <laughs> Good luck on the outside. You can't leave him down there. He, he's broken both legs at the least. Probably has internal injuries. Watch your tongue, Harris. Mr. Harris, that man stole from his fellow citizens. In a time of crisis, he showed poor moral character. Worse, when confronted with his crime, he lied. Only when his guilt was no longer in doubt did he admit his crime, and even then, he showed no remorse. We cannot tolerate that. Then why didn't you just let him go? Because he threatened us. Didn't you hear? He what? He'd bring people to us, tell others. We can't have that. Well, I expect Jack here can explain the world to you a little better than I. Thank you all. Good day to you. What the hell? Jack! I was so hoping you'd pass this test, Harris. I really hoped you would see why we do this. Hey, he's still squirming down there. I spotted a couple stragglers. I think they caught his scent. Who's I supposed to see here? That we're prisoners? We cannot afford people like the Happy Valley Militia to come here and try and kill us. Take what's ours. We must survive. We can't have someone like him to go out and... What are you doing? Put your weapon away. There's no reason such a man should draw attention to himself, right? We wouldn't want anybody coming out of the woods and seeing them all busted up there on the ground. 
Something like that might tarnish the brand. Scuff our image, wouldn't it, Jack? No need to be uncivilized just because there ain't no more civilization. Right, Jeb? That was an awesome shot. Right through the frickin' forehead. <laughs> so yeah, Jack. I get it. I'll play along because you got me. I don't want to see my family on the end of that rope, and I know you do it with a smile on your stupid, fat fucking face. I would, but that doesn't mean I would be happy to do it. It's just one of the five S's. We do everything here with a smile, even the stuff we don't like doing. I advise you to take a page from our team guide and do the same. You're cracked. Then you can call me Cracker Jack. Welcome back to the team, Constable Harris. Welcome back. Reverend, you asked for me? Yes, Doreen. Please, come in. Shut the door. I was just going over my new super-fast computer here, and thanks to your boy Aaron, it has all new features. He'll have to show me how they work, but I'm told I have a roster of all the people here, a chore list and schedule, and a collection of music. I can even pipe different music to different rooms in the church right here from this computer. As we speak, he is up in the attic connecting the web cameras Hicks brought us to a set of laptops in a closet he's calling the Security Central. Isn't that amazing? Aaron is a brilliant young man when it comes to computers. Please, have a seat. Thank you. Is everything all right, Reverend? Back to Reverend? What happened to Doug? Well, when you're at your desk and you asked to see me, I figured it was an official request, not a casual chat. I suppose you're right. How are you, Doreen? Tired. Like everybody else, I guess. Better than last night, by the look of things. Yes, I'm... Sorry I couldn't bring Thomas back to the fold. From the look of you last night, you didn't go down without a fight. I guess not. Wasn't enough, though. I guess. Well, Doreen, I asked you in because church has big ears and people don't think someone like me can hear the bitter whispers of gossip. Aaron approached me this morning to ask why people were looking at him and his mama so strangely. And I had no idea why. Why would they? Well, there was still some concern about last night. Mr. Fisher and I made sure everyone was told that Thomas chose to leave and that, in trying to stop him, he lost a fight with gravity and part of Cullshrug Mountain. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm sure rumors persist. Like sin, scars, and crabgrass, they certainly do. These rumors... What rumors? Specifically? Well, let's not call them rumors. Let's put the right face on it. These lies. Mrs. Green held court this morning in her little birdcage on the South Sunroom, and she was singing about how you were spending time with Thomas in the barn over the past few days. Of course! She asked me to make sure there was room for the older boys to move there. I know that. And I made sure that part of the song was sung. She is not someone who likes to share a spotlight, let me tell you. Reverend Dawkins. Mr. Fisher. 
Can this wait? I'm in the middle of a conference. No, sir. It really can't. I think it's time we all had a chat. Now? Would you prefer we move this to the Fellowship Hall? More room? No. We wanted to talk about the move. What move? Isn't that what the two of you are discussing? Mrs. Garrison here was going to talk to you about our decision to head to Harrisburg to catch that flight out of here. It is not what we're discussing. Again, I must insist. Perhaps she is seeking forgiveness for her sins. Mrs. Green, once again, you've got the devil in your voice. Better than the devil in my skirt, Reverend. Excuse me? Now that is enough. You all barge in here and I've yet to hear what justifies the interruption. Speak to your point. We all agree, that is, the 25 of us here and in the hall, that we should go to Harrisburg. We should try and make a go of it. I see. Winter's coming and there's a lot of people here. When it snows, we won't be able to go nowhere for food. We'll be stuck up here until spring. Frankly, a lot of us won't make it that far. So you've devised a plan to get all of us from here to Harrisburg safely, with assurance that when we arrive, there will be a spot for all of us? Of course not. Nothing's certain. But if there are places where the government is taking care of people, they got to be warm, with food and clothes. We can try and retake the world in the spring, live to fight another season, you know? And it ain't all of us. Some of us, frankly, won't make it all the way there. Who was signed on to this flight of fancy, Mr. Fisher? Here's a list. I took a poll this morning. Me, Mrs. Green here, and Mrs. Garrison are going to lead it. We figure we got to 25, and that's almost a majority. All we need is your okay, and that's more than half. Really, Doreen? You didn't mention anything about this to me. I don't want to be in the middle of this. Come on, Mrs. G. You said... I said something I didn't believe because you threatened to spread a vile rumor about me if I didn't. And since that rumor has made its way around the church, your blackmail won't work anymore. I'm not leaving my husband here. Why? You seem to forget all about him in the barn. You! I'll be happy to see riding out of here, Mrs. Green. And that goes for anyone stupid enough to listen to anything that comes out of your twisted pig mouth. See? She is a vulgar one. People, please. Mrs. Garrison, I didn't say that you had relations with that boy and you know it. I did suggest that you might have had more to do with his disappearance than you claimed. Then fine. Send any volunteers you like out there. You were absolutely right, Fisher. He might be out there freezing, injured, or lost. Why did you wait to demand a search party? Surely if you were concerned about poor Thomas, you'd be out there right now. Unless you just wanted to see me squirm. Go. Find Thomas. Get the hell out of here. I'm not going. It doesn't matter. I'll give her seat to Mrs. Unger. She's more intellectual and keeps her legs closed. Mrs. Green, please. What of it, Reverend? Why are you even bothering to ask my permission? Why do you care what I think? If you want to leave, the gate is that away. I will take notice here of a few things. Edna Barry, Emil Brown, Zachary Heineman, Blanche Tooley. What do all these people have in common? They don't... they... They'll slow you down. That's what you said, isn't it, Mr. Fisher? You only want people who can carry their own weight. 
All of them are over 60, and all but one have medical conditions. You put them on buses and put them through that kind of trip, you'll lose them on the road. Better to leave them here, huh? Terence? Marty Bowl? Mr. Fisher, did you even ask these people? No, we did not. We have a majority. If they had the ambition to leave, they would have raised their voices to do so. These people are still traumatized by what happened to them. My God, people! They don't want to go out there and face it again. You leave these people here and... There's not a single able-bodied person on this list who is staying. There is no one on this list to help do what needs to be done. That's why they need your permission. But it isn't permission. It's absolution. Go on, Mrs. Green. Say what you're thinking and I'll make sure you tell your lies through broken teeth. You're right. We don't need your permission. We can just go. Can't we, Mr. Fisher? We'll leave you the truck. You can have those two kids help you bring back the trucks we take down to the city docks. We'll gas up the buses and drive them out of here. I see. Well, so it's settled then. Before you go, I would like to talk to you and Mrs. Garrison. Alone. Don't do it, Mr. Fisher. He's going to try and guilt you into staying. Maybe he'll use Mrs. Garrison as a lure. I'll give you a lure, you fish-mouth bitch! <gasps> Sorry, Reverend. I don't know why you think I'm so cunning and devious. I just want a final chat to square things away of all the rest of you gather up your things and say goodbye to the people you're leaving behind. Is that too much to ask, Mr. Fisher? Not at all. The two of you, meet me out back by the churchyard gate. I need to find my coat. And my patience. What are you doing out here, Padre? I thought we might come out and cool off a bit. It was getting a bit heated. Mrs. Green is a bitter, bitter woman, Mr. Fisher. Oh, I know. But she's got her head on straight about this issue. Does she? Do you? Do you really want to leave all those people on this list behind? No, but we stand a better chance if they stay here with you. If Doreen is staying... Even if Frank were here with me, we'd stay. Because you don't know what's between here and there. You don't know where you'll find fuel. And unless you plan to plunder the kitchen, you'll need food on the way. Which roads are open? Where are the eaters out of control? And what about the militias? Did you think of them? Imagine a busload, no, two busloads of unarmed civilians. I saw what they did to unarmed civilians up at HG World, and I lost a son and husband because of it. No. Aaron and I will stay here. If only to protect the people you're leaving behind. That's nice. Maybe if you were this passionate with Thomas, he wouldn't have left, huh? I tried my best. Oh, I'm sure you threw everything you had at him, Mrs. Garrison. Jesus effing Christ on a bicycle. Shut up, both of you. I'm guessing you think me something of a zealot, Mr. Fisher. You think I want my own little cult survivors up here on my mountaintop. Moses to some new chosen people, safe from the plagues. On the run for 40 years and all that nonsense, right? Uh, no, I don't. 
You think I choose to be surrounded by people like you who think the worst of authority, or Mrs. Green who simply wants to be taken care of and feel superior to all others, or any of you who act like this escape is some political movement. My place, Mr. Fisher, is here, with them, and here with my wife. This is your wife's plot? Yes. She died last year. M.S. She fought it for ten years. She even thought she had a lick a few years back, and we planned on this great sabbatical. Cancun, really, but there's a lot a man can learn there, too. But it resurged with a vengeance about this time two years back. After that, she lived with her body shorting out and shutting down, all at random. Some days she'd be in a chair all day, or I'd bring in something to wheel her about. Sometimes a cane or crutches would work. Other days she'd dance with the grace and joy of someone who, well, someone who knew she may never dance again. When she smiled, it was like the first warm day of spring. I'd wake up and see that smile and know it would be a good day. Even on the bad days, she'd greet me with that thin sliver of a smile. She would say she was blessed just for another day. Gee, Reverend, I'm sorry. Shut up. Just listen. The thing about Emily Dawkins that the world will never know, that the world should know, is that she got up every day and she made people's lives better. It didn't matter if her head ached or her arms were like jelly. She would do whatever she needed to do because people came here to us. They didn't come here for social hour. This is Wishwell, Pennsylvania. Even before this plague, 60% unemployment. An older community of people scared about the future. I did more funerals in this place in the last three years than weddings and baptisms combined. These people did their share of the work and now they live in the only place they know. Politicians, people on the TV, they couldn't tell them anything about this world, but Emily could. Emily would be there. She'd say, if they can make it up the mountain on Sunday morning to praise God, that I can get out of bed, put on a dress and meet them. If they were hungry, she'd feed them. If they had troubles with the bank, she'd help mediate. She read tax forms and helped with homework. She read the Sunday paper and read to the kids. She conducted a choir from the foot of her bed sometimes. She was there for them, even on her worst days, even on her last day. Mr. Fisher, for what it's worth, I'm not staying here to build a little godly empire. I'm not even staying here because of this headstone. I'm staying because every day of my life since she passed, I've tried to be more like Emily Sierra Dawkins. And frankly, less like you running from something to somewhere else unknown. So get thee hints, Mr. Fisher. I hope you and the others find what you're looking for. One way or another, we'll meet again before our God, and we'll both be asked to answer for our choices. Huh. <laughs> 
That story was for your benefit too, Mrs. Garrison. We're back to Mrs. Garrison now. What about Doreen? What about her? I know that you're here because this is where you feel you need to be. If these people leave us, our fight will be hard. I have to stay because these people need me. They need strong backs and people with common sense to comfort them in this new world. It was rough before, but... I'm staying. I'm sold. And when you discover the truth about Frank Garrison? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But Aaron is safer here now, and I will do what needs to be done. Don't ask me what I'll do tomorrow, Douglas. I have to live this one day at a time. Fair enough. And since we're being so open and honest, <laughs> I know Thomas did not run away. I know enough about people to know when someone needs to be with others. Thomas needed us. He needed you, Aaron, even me, to make up for what he lost. Now, before you get defensive, I also know that something horrible happened to you. We don't need to discuss it. I've seen the bruises, and I see that dead stare. I don't understand it, but I've counseled enough women in my time as a missionary to know what I'm seeing. Please, I will not ask you what happened. You're welcome to come to me at any time to talk, but I will ask you from here on not to lie about it. Fair enough. I will tell you this, Douglas. There was a choice to be made. It was a fight. It was a fight over control and power and who would walk out of that barn alive. It was a fight. And I won. Well, Emily... I'm kind of glad you're not around for all this. I could use your advice, though. It's gonna be a long, cold, lonely winter. You got anything for me? <laughs> well, that's good enough, I guess. I'll see you soon, Emmy. See you soon. Captain, I need you to focus on my voice and try to wake up, please. Oh, hello, God. I'll be right with you. I just have to make sure I brought my arse with me. Yep, there it is. Hey, this is interesting. The world feels a little like... Oh, morphine. Hello. Hello, you are Group Captain Neil McInnes, Royal Air Force. I am. Good for me. My hallucinations are getting prettier. Tell me, which part of my subconscious are you from? Mm, group captain, do you know what happened to you? I think I ate too many curried paneers and drank a wee too much McCallums before bedtime, then fell asleep watching an Indian musical starring a gorgeous woman who looked like you, and now I'm transferring that image onto one that helps me visualise my recovery. There were 46 words in that sentence, and I didn't hear a comma between any of them. Is that good news or bad? What is your name, O Muse? Hmm, Group Captain, do you know where you are? White room, bright lights. 
If my brain is rebooting, I'm guessing it's a minimalist rendering of a comfortable clinical environment. Yes, you're in a hospital. You have two of the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen on a woman. Not sure which I like more. They're almost identical, but the way you arch your eyebrow and squint, I'm leaning toward the right one. I love the brainy specs, by the way. They frame your eyes beautifully. That's the morphine talking. Do you have any questions for me? Aye. What's your name? For me, not about me. Aye. Are my soldiers safe? Yes, for the most part. Which is the part I'm not gonna like? Your Major Grant reports at least five dead. Ah, so my Major Grant is okay. He refuses to be sedated. The woman he is with won't let any of us near him. Tell me your name, and I'll call her off. <sighs> my name is Dr. Shiva Vesta. Oh, so that's you. I didn't recognize the nagging voice. By the by, what the hell are peanuts in a tin cup? What? Peanuts. Tin cup. You use that expression on the radio. What's that mean? It means the circus elephant is going to suck us up and spit us into his mouth. Now, if you're done, we can... For a second, I thought you'd said penis in a tin cup, which made even less sense. But then I've lost a lot of blood and I've got a dirty mind. Group captain, you need to relax a bit. Dr. Lovelet, I'm in a nice warm bed, pumped full of narcotics, talking to one of God's most beautiful creatures. I'm quite relaxed. I'm your doctor, not some dockside bar streetwalker. You are in an underground facility, insulated from the outside conflict. I am not authorised to tell you much anything, but apart from that, we've patched up your legs from the gunshot wounds. You almost lost the left leg, but were spared the agony due to your brilliant and creative surgeon. Uh, you did lose quite a bit of blood on top of the broken bones in your arm and such, but uh, I think that... You suddenly got boring, so I guess I'm awake. Sorry, I'm a little slow catching up. I was waiting for you to dissolve into a nightmare of guns and rotters. Let me see. I'm recovering. I remember a big house blowing up behind me. Where's Mr. Ying? I don't know. Am I under arrest or to consider myself a prisoner? Not officially. Sarge, Wake, Imala, Ishmahabi. I'll get you a roster of your men shortly. Sergeant Wake is working with us to ensure everyone is accounted for on your team and ours. Sorry, who is your team again? Oh, we'll tell you in a while. Just relax. I'm going to turn up your meds here a bit tender. Here you go. Oh, you didn't have to do that. Oh, oh, that's... How do you do? How do you think? He's an idiot. Get Dr. Stan and General Ellick. When he wakes up in two hours, I'd like him to focus more on their questions than all my breasts. He's a creepy, hormone-saturated frat boy. No, he's not. He's playing with you. I'll bring the others in, but only if I have to tell them you failed. If that's what you want. Of course not. His injuries will keep him off his feet a few days. I have time. We don't have a few days. We need to know how many of them he commands and how we can get them on board with our plans. Think of the children, Dr. Vesta. Yes, of course, General. 
I will try again in a few hours. HG World, It's a Cold and It's a Broken Hallelujah, featured Audio Alon as Mrs. Green and Shiva Vesta, Eric Avidition as Caleb, Glenn Bartram as Harris, Steve Cox as Mr. Fisher, Keith R.A. DeCandido as Todd Rage, Stacy Dukes as Garrison and Gray, M. Sierra Garcia as Sarge, Kim Giannopoulos as Wake, Tracy Hall as Doreen, Shane Harris as the mayor. Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Joe. D.T. Kelly as Jeb. Ayub Cody as McInnes. Cheryl Malcolm as Ellen. Becca Rhinus as Ronnie. Ron Runeborg as Ying. Lee Sands as Dogberry. Lance Schoenberg as Krantz. Brian Smith as Hicks. Michael L. Stokes as Grant and Jack and Mark Zarekor as Reverend Dawkins. The episode was written and directed by Jay Smith, produced and edited by Michael L. Stokes, with production assistance by Carol Stokes, Gwendolyn jensen Woodard, Martha Limbo Terrar, and Dustin Shanafelter. Jonathan Colton appears courtesy of the Creative Commons license. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. Visit us on the web at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com. The sun sets on the old world. Change is inevitable. It took a year for the virus to take over the world and a day for it to change mine completely. For nearly a year, I have lived out here among the dead, running and hiding from their insatiable appetites. I have seen and done things that will haunt me for as long as I live. I pray on the day my sun sets that I can enter the twilight free of the disease that would make me rise again so I don't come for you in the night. Join me as I fight to survive in season one of Edgy World coming this spring from 3015th North Studios. Available on iTunes, Zoom, and through Podomatic.com. Join the struggle at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com. One, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. There! That's how long twenty seconds are. The Center for Disease Control recommends you wash your hands for at least twenty seconds as often as possible. We don't think about it a lot, but more germs are transmitted by the hands than by any other source. So keep them clean. 
soap and water for 20 seconds, and you'll help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And maybe some other nasty stuff as well. This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.